The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and uh, brilliant to be with you today. And today is actually the 200th show uh, that I've recorded on this uh, program on Voice America going back since September 2011. And so I can't quite believe it. Um, I'd love to just start with a thank you uh, to our listeners whose feedback I really, really appreciate and love to know that you're there. I'd like to mention today uh, Carsten Speckman, someone I've never met. He's based in Italy and he dropped me a note. He made me smile today. He's a connector of networks. He's a, he's a team, inspiring team leader. And he said, oh, it's 200 shows. Uh, happy anniversary, Chris, and thank you for every single one of them. The insights that you and your guests have been sharing rival what one can learn in an advanced degree program, indeed. You and your guests, past and future, are most appreciated. And Carson, you're most appreciated for sharing that. Um, it's feedback like that that really makes doing this sort of thing, uh, sort of week in, uh, week out. Um, since 2011, it makes it all worthwhile. Um, I'd like to say a big thank you to my many guests who've been on the show over the years, uh, and you've all made a great contribution to what today has been described as a treasure trove of an archive, and you know, I really do think, uh, you're right there, Carson, there is a, an advanced degree program in that content, because you're hearing that information from great experts like you know, Martin Paleforth, who's joining us for the second time today. Uh, just a few observations I thought I'd share being 200 shows. Uh, on my guests, and you know, one, one of the things that I've have noticed probably surprised me is that you know most of the guests on the show they're not geniuses. They're like you and I. They've taken their time to get very clear about why they're here and what they want to contribute, and they've worked towards their vision and goals step by step, tenaciously. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, you know just just get clear about what you want and keep working to it step by step. The most successful ones, they're rarely an overnight success. I remember Jack Canfield telling me that he began writing Chicken Soup for the Soul, for example, when he was 47. Such people have been in pursuit of their dreams for many, many years. And some tell me that they are often described as an overnight success and they're thinking, oh my, how can I be described as an overnight success when it's taken me 19 years of hard work to get where I am today? They all appreciate, I think, that how they think how they feel determines their actions and results. Hence, they work hard on building their wisdom and the quality of their thinking. They're always learning, always listening to new things or reading new things. I also find that the best of them, they're really arrogant. They're very open as well to their weaknesses. And they've worked out what you know puts them naturally in their flow, the things they like doing, and surround themselves with the people uh, in their team who can help them do the things they don't like doing. You know, a bit like a soccer player understanding where to play in their correct position. They can't win on their own. 
Uh, they're also good at getting things done. And I'd love to thank all those people who helped me with my book um, the, that I wrote with Stephen Levinson, The Power to Get Things Done Whether You Feel Like It or Not. And even those people that I thought were just masters at getting things done, it turns out that they employ techniques to get them over the line. And they're also prepared to stand up, stand out, and make a difference. So once again, a big thank you to all. Um, I love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Uh, do keep them flowing, and do send uh, any thoughts to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. So that all brings me nicely to my high-achieving guest today, Martin Palethorpe. I'm dis- delighted he's joining us for the second time. He's one of the UK's leading executive coaches. He's founding director of the Pragma Group. It's a UK-based performance consultancy. He coaches CEOs, executive teams to help them improve all aspects of human leadership and organizational performance. He's got a very transformational approach um, to teaching about the human mind, which uh, is at the core of much of his work. He's very pragmatic. Um, He's got uh, a lot of business and sporting achievements and perspectives. And his knowledge of human and organizational development, I know, is really appreciated by his clients who uh, across a multitude of sectors and sizes. Uh, He worked in in his first career in senior level inside large and small tech businesses. He's also today a regular uh, publisher, writer. Uh, He's an inspirational conference speaker on high performance. He's raced to the magnetic North Pole. He's run across three of the world's most remote deserts. So, a big welcome to Martin Palethorpe. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks. You're welcome. Now, Martin, um, I wonder if we maybe could start. Uh, I mentioned that about the magnetic North Pole and uh, three of the world's most remote deserts. And I wondered what inspired you to race across the, uh, the, the North Pole? What inspired me, I, I, at, at the time I was um, doing a lot of work with executive teams and I was always fascinated in the, the complexity and the challenge of teams under pressure working well together and I came across this race, uh, found out about it and decided what a, what a beautiful opportunity it would be to, to create a team from scratch. Uh, it was a race. Uh, we, we raced 350 miles across the Arctic uh, in, a, uh, in teams of three um, to the magnetic North Pole. And so I set up a team to do that and to speak about the lessons that I learned from the experience. So presumably that was a, a sort of sled type trip, was it? Or were you actually running? What, what was it? Yes, it was, it was sleds on skis. Um, shuffling along, Chris. Not not running. Certainly not running. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you've also you said you've run across deserts as well. I mean, what? Um, what yeah. That about. So I've entered a few of these races, um, running 150 miles across the Gobi Desert, the Sahara, and the Atacama Desert. Atacama. I remember that. It's one of the driest in the world. I've going there into Peru, isn't it? Uh, yes, well, where where we ran was actually in Chile. Chile. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incred- incredible, incredible place. So, so what were the, your lessons from those experiences? What do you take from it? Oh goodness! So, what are the lessons? I guess um, th- there's a number of lessons. I think uh, to do that sort of thing in the park, it, 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 to start off with, one has to have a reason. And I think this this is about anything in life or business or or sport is, uh, what's the deep-rooted reason that you have for doing it in the first place? And to have a deep-rooted passion and purpose and, and aim, um, it would be a critical element. Um, 
another critical element would be that whatever you're doing in a race like that or and and or you know in life there will be challenges along the way and how you react to that and what goes on in your mind and how you deal with that thinking that goes on um, is a critical element as to whether you end up continuing and succeeding or, or not. And what was uh, I mean, but challenges there? I mean, what, what, what was the most significant challenge you faced while doing one of those events? Well, um, I could name a few, Chris. I could <laughs> name a few. The, the first race I ever did was across the Gobi Desert, and I, I actually pulled out of the race. Um, it was 53 degrees centigrade. Oh. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit for our American listeners, but it's, I don't know, 120 plus, is it? Yeah, very um, 153 degrees centigrade. And the particular race that I was on at the, at the checkpoint I got to across the Turpan Basin in the middle of China, um, the, uh, they'd run out of water at the, um, at the station that I got to. And um, I... I had what they call uh, what they call in this type of rape. I had escape gremlins, and escape gremlins are thoughts that become so dominant that all you want to do is escape from the situation you're in. Mm. And I, um, I I decided that it just wasn't worth it at the time. It's the first ever experience I'd had of anything like this, and so I pulled out the race. And um, now, I mean, many people look at that and say, well, quite right, Martin, you know, absolutely right to do that. <laughs> Sounds sensible. Um, but what was fascinating to me was that, yes, quite a few people pulled out uh, during that day. It was a 60-mile day, by the way, of a 150-mile of stage race. So 60 miles starting off at, you know, 6 in the morning and running till 4 o'clock in the morning, something like that. Um, but what, what was fascinating was that at least 50% of the people just kept going they kept going and they completed that day and they completed the entire race and what i realized simply was that yes it was tough as indeed many things in life are but the only thing that had really got to me that was different from me to the people that actually completed that day was my thinking mm. Mm. so um yeah to, to give you a little bit of credit, though, that the, on those kind of races, you do usually get one or two people who die, don't you? Quite, quite often. So, <laughs> so, actually, the fact that we're talking today might be a consequence that you made a good decision on that day. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> now, a few years ago, I, I interviewed you about culture. What's inspired you today? Because I know there's a slight, you know, shift in focus now. You're, you're focusing on the mind. Yes. Tell, tell us why you're focusing on that and, and also what you mean by get your mind out of the way. Okay. So uh, I've, been, uh, I've been executive coaching and, and consulting around leadership for the last 15, 16 years. And over that time, I've done a lot of work with individual leaders, executive teams, and consulted a lot on culture. Um. But what I've always been fascinated in is, is the psychological element to, to life, to work, to leadership, and so on. And um, I mean, so you're talking to a guy at 14, I cycled the length of Britain um, almost a thousand miles on my own at, at 14. Um, Did your mum let you do it? Uh, 
She did, actually. Um, bless her. And uh, this was when they didn't have mobile phones or or anything uh, wonderful like that. So I just remember getting a, a train to the Scot- top of Scotland and, and cycling down. Um, so, but 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 what what propelled me on to do that sort of thing? I, I was always fascinated in in sports psychology and how I would deal that with that sort of thing. And having spent the last fifteen years in business, I I realised that so many of the challenges that people are going through have a significant psychological element. So leaders that are looking to be more confident in something, looking to develop gravitas, um, looking to deal with stress or pressure better, um, or struggling to work, you know, the silo mentality that occurs in organizations or teams that are not working well together. Um, the foundation stone under all of that human behavior is, is the mind and how people think in any moment. And uh, it was a, a while back that I came across, uh, in fact, I'd done a whole load of development over the last 15 years, whatever I could um, around the mind. But a couple of years ago, I came across some uh, specific work that really has uh, transformed my own life and world. And, uh, and it's something I realized has incredible power in helping leaders and organizations be way more effective in uh, a number of the things that they are dealing with. Excellent. So what, you see, you're talking there about the mind, but why should we get it out of the way? Mind to get it out of the way. Why do you get your mind out of the way? There's a little play on, a little play on words there in saying mind out of the way. Um, the, 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 the key is really is sometimes to getting thought out the way. Um, it's, it's largely well acknowledged that we only use a certain percentage of the power of our mind. And that, uh, so some people say 10% of the, the resources of the brain and the mind we're actually utilizing. Um, and, and when I'm saying mind out the way, really what I, I'm saying is thought out of the way. Because one of the key elements that seems to occur for people is that our thinking gets us all sort of caught up in sort of um, in paradigms, in ways of thinking that can prevent us from accessing the full power of our mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's interesting, and I obviously shared some points from my 200 shows just a, f- a few observations as many many more but you know on reflection a lot of those points that i made were re- all related to thought yes and, and, and thinking yes and you know everything really seems to first start in thought uh why from your perspective is it just so important and then why do we need to then well, make- why is it so important wow well so one of the key uh, ask, because a lot of people don't actually take time to and or have never learned how the mind actually works. And why it's so important is because thought actually creates our entire experience of life. So we, we're creating the experience that we have in every moment through our thinking. So we're looking at the outside world, 
it's raining. But the only way we experience the rain is through the thinking that we have about the rain. Or the only way we experience a relationship is through the thinking that we have about the relationship or our work or whatever it is. And so why, why it's so important is that thought is creating everything for us in every moment. Now, if thought were true and valid all the time, that wouldn't matter. But actually, we have all sorts of thinking. Thinking is like this flow going through us all of the time. And a lot of that thought, we get gripped within, but actually it's not valid or true or, or useful. Mm. <clears throat> so, 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 sorry, so the more, the more we can understand the nature of thought and what it's doing, the more power that we have. Yeah. Sometimes it, what we're thinking about can, can block our flow, and, and it may or may not be right. It may just be a meaning we've you know, determined about a situation or about someone or something, which Absolutely. may not be helpful. Absolutely. So I get gripped in a thought that I have today about um, a, a colleague of mine who said something in a certain way. And so I get gripped in the thinking about that person. And I, uh, before I know it, I'm immersed in deciding that they're bad or they're, they're, they're wrong or they're, they're annoying or, or they're this type of person and so on. And then, and then a day goes past and either the thinking that I have shifts and it, it loosens and relaxes or I find out some information about that person and I find out I actually I was completely wrong. Mm. And so that's an example where actually my thought is dominating the experience I have and, and, and who I'm being um, but actually um, in an, a completely ineffective way. Mm. Well, I feel like a perfect point to take a break. We're going to go to commercial break now, uh, and we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes to explore this further. So do join us. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. Um, we've got our, on our 200th show today. I'm with Martin Palethorpe, and we're talking about that mind out of the way and accessing your full potential. And Martin, a question that I discussed quite a few times actually with guests over the years. Um, I'd be interested in your perspective, and and, and who knows, it may be that it's uh, I'm out of touch and it's improved. But I I wonder why do you think the education sector actually fails to help us to learn how to think? You know, it's, it's often about memory and and the like, but actually understanding these principles about thoughts, I'm not sure that I've experienced it, it in, certainly with my, my kids and the like, actually in improving. I, I don't know what your perspective is. Well, that's a great question and, and a big question as to w- what education teaches us and what it doesn't, I, I guess. And um, I think there are some vital aspects that we could be taught uh, when we're young um, but that aren't so rather than learning about thought and the mind we're, we're learning about maths or the history of our country or, or whatever so um, I don't know the reason Chris I, I, I think um, I think probably it's something to do with the fact that um, actually accessing the full power of our mind is not something that's mainstream anywhere um, so uh, people haven't realised how to embrace it for themselves, let alone from the education sector. I suppose there seems to be a lot of talk, and I've heard you know, scientists talk about this, that we're only accessing a very small percentage of our minds. I'm not sure, though, it's clear for people how to, how to access more. Right. So... Um, I think where that leads me to is to uh, talk a little bit about what it's like when we are um, powerful. And when we are, I I like to talk about when people operate in the zone, as we call it in sport, Mm. uh, or psychologists call it operating in flow. Yeah, that's what I do. these These would be what I would be pointing to to be examples where we are operating with more access to the power of our mind. So in flow, I am relaxed, I'm self-expressed, I'm confident, I'm operating naturally without thinking about it, Um, I'm alive, I'm energized, I'm focused, I'm free, and so on. And we all know that feeling because whether it's um, scoring a, a penalty in soccer or whether it's presenting on a topic that we love, or whether it's hanging out with our friends in a bar and and speaking on a topic that we're passionate about. Everyone knows that feeling and that experience when they're in flow. And um, a lot of the work that I do is to help people look at and and have access to that, uh, that state of mind uh, more regularly as a natural part of their work and life. So is this about uh, this is about kind of releasing yourself of of you know baggage and you know things that might be holding you back or thinking more positively or what I mean there's lots of techniques that people do use to try and access states and get rid of this baggage NLP and mindfulness positive thinking 
your meditation. Um, you know, in your in your opinion, um, are these the the solutions, or is there a, another solution? I think there's another solution, Chris, and, and I have uh, dabbled with and, and tried a lot of those techniques over the years, and and I find there's value in them, though if I'm not employing the technique, then I don't get the feeling or, or that I'm looking for, and so I have to do something to access that state of mind. Um, what, I've, what I work with is just understanding the apparatus of the mind and how it actually works rather than doing something to my thinking, which would be a technique on top of that. And the more that you understand about the mechanics of how the mind is operating in the moment, actually, um, the more in flow you can naturally access that state without even doing anything. So what do we need to what do we need to know about the mind to to help us with this? What 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 else do we need to understand? What are, are there some principles or something like that? Right. So I, I started to talk about these a little bit earlier, and so just to talk about thought a little bit further. So what we need to do is we need to understand the nature of thought and what thought does. And the more that we understand the nature of thought. Uh, the less it, we can get gripped by it. So, for example, if I, know, if I know that thought is creating my experience of life in every moment, thought is creating the reality that I live within. Um, so, uh, if, I'm, I'm, if I'm operating in a reality, I think certain thing about a certain person or about a certain situation, I often act and, and feel like it's real. But what we're pointing to is it's only real created by our thinking. And, and as I said earlier, if, if thought is just a, a currency that isn't always true or valid, I start to become less convinced by my thought and the reality that it's creating for me. So, is this making some sense? Yes, have, you, have you got a practical example? Well, I'll use the example I had earlier, is that I, um, I create some thinking that I have about a certain person in my office, and I live within some thinking that says I don't trust them. Mm. And then I, then I find out some information a week later that tells, so I live within a week, for a week, within the feeling of and the thinking that I don't trust that person. So what that does is it shapes my entire existence of how I deal with that person, how I talk about them, how I deal with the situation in the office, and so on. It, it shapes my entire world and how I operate. And then I find some information out a week later, and I find actually I was totally wrong to not trust that person. And all of a sudden, I shift my reality to thinking, actually, no, they're fine or they're great, and, 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 and I was wrong. So this is an example of what thought is doing to me. So that situation is just an example. What I'm trying to point to is what thought's doing to us. In every moment of every day, we're, we're living in a reality boxed by our thinking. 
about what I think about my life, about the house I live in, about my my partner, about the garden, about the economy, whether it's good or bad, about the weather, about it's whether it's good or bad, about my mother-in-law or my father-in-law, and so on and so on. And and we're living within this thinking that creates the world that we live within that can totally limit the potential that we have in any moment. And, and all I'm pointing to here is the more that we understand what thought is doing to create these walls that we exist within, and the more we realize that thought is, is not this valid currency on, what, on which to do this, the less gripped by, we can be by the thinking that we've got in any moment. Because mm. it's true, I guess, you know, many people could hold different opinions and views of an individual from being highly trustworthy to you know, your view at a point in time that they're not. Um, can be a whole spectrum of different views and meanings, can't they? That's well, a, that, that's, a, that, that's a beautiful example, yes. So you and I can have totally different thinking about the same person or the same thing. So you, you, can, you can love someone and I can totally dislike someone. How can that be if the person is exactly the same and we're observing the same behavior? The only thing that we can, we can see is that it's your thinking that's creating the reality that you're coming from and, and the reality that I'm coming from. Mm. And, 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 yes, and by noticing that thinking as thinking, the, the thinking actually starts to dissolve and have less power and you're more able to access this natural ability inside you to connect with anybody or to be in the zone and in flow as we talked about earlier should we be with this sort of situation should we be should we be you know, dissolving some of those opinions we might have i mean you know for example i remember with with an individual i i was quite mindful with them and didn't get to involve with them. I observed them from a distance. They wanted to get more with me because I didn't quite trust where they were coming from. And then actually there's been a number of, there's been various bits of evidence since to suggest that was very prudent. Uh, would, should I have dismissed that? Or because actually that judgment I think was quite helpful. So what this work is about is not to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Okay. Um, it's simply to help you look at the nature of thought and what your mind is doing in any moment. Right, okay. And, and this is about helping you understand what's going on in your thinking and your mind for you to tune into your, your own situation. So a metaphor I use in that is this work is about uh, if, we're, if we're looking at the mechanics of a car – my work is to help you see what the accelerator and the brake and the clutch does. Not to tell you where to drive the car or what you should do with the car or how fast you should drive it and so on. Does that make sense? Mm. And so by, by teaching you the nature of thought in the situation that you were talking about, what, what I'm... What I'm hoping to help you do is to see what thought is doing for you so that the, dissolve, the thought dissolves away so that you can access uh, your, your in-flow, in-zone 
uh, moments. And, and what's available when you're in the flow and in the zone is accessing your inner wisdom. Yeah. And not coming, so to take that example that you were talking about, not coming from thinking about a person that might be judging them or vilifying them or criticizing them, but coming, letting that thought disappear and dissolve and coming from a deeper level of intelligence and wisdom inside you as to what the right might thing might be to do. Hmm. Well, one of the, it's a, te- it's a technique now, but one of the things I remember learning when I went through the NLP kind of process and various programs was this thing about perceptual positions and just in a, being prepared to stand back and almost look at yourself and your thinking. Uh, and, uh, and and also, if you're in a conversation, that of another person. But take a you know a third party perspective of the situation. You know, could you could you utilise that to help you access this approach that you're suggesting by just almost taking a look at yourself and and, and questioning the meanings that you're putting behind things. I I think that's a, a poss- possible method that is able to dissociate you from your thinking. Yes. So um, what, what I'm trying to highlight is that you're not your thinking. Yep. You, aren't, you aren't your thinking. Your thinking is going on. It's not real. It's not valid. It's flowing through you, and it's not you. And, and in a way, what you're pointing to is a similar thing, which is to notice your thought but not be it. Yes. Yes. And, and is it – is it uh, – you know, uh, we we can you know people people who you know go on this sort of direct downward spiral of meaning you know it, with with some people can even end up in suicide because they get you know get depressed and maybe associate with the wrong people and it's a da- um, by utilizing this technique do you, do you advocate uh, you know adjusting your thinking or is it just more a case of observing your thinking? That makes right. Sense. It's, it's a really great question. And um, so just to, just to point, this is not a technique. This is understanding mechanics. Mm. The technique would be how you drive the car or what you do to control the speed of it. I'm, I'm just pointing to the mechanics to say this is what's working on in the mind. Mm. And um, I think that this is an extremely powerful way of um, – thought having less power on the feelings and the experience that we're having in any moment. And so that, that in, in understanding this in some depth, it can significantly reduce a lot of the negative feelings that people are existing within. Um, so people might exist within a lot of stress, a very noisy mind, a lot of worry, uh, fear and so on and when you look at what's going on in the mind of course what I'm pointing to is that that's all being created by thought in any moment mm. Mm. so yes understanding this does have a, a massive impact on on the, the thought created strong feelings that we may be li- living within we've got about three minutes till we go to commercial break now three or four minutes um, one of the you mentioned about some research that you'd looked at earlier into this, and and you mentioned to me when we were uh, conversing about this interview about uh, somebody called Sidney Banks. Uh, I wondered what's uh, what you learned from him. This uh, everything I'm uh, talking about 
came from the uh, realizations that Sydney Banks had uh, back in the 1970s. And he had some um, enlightened realizations about what was going on for him at the time that helped him go on a deeper exploration of thought, uh, the mind, and what was going on. And, and there's been a whole field of work um, and a whole community of people operating in this field uh, to work in education, in personal development, in the mental health, in business. And uh, I, this is, you know, I'm obviously working specifically with business people in, in this area. One of the things I want to explore, maybe there's, there's only a couple of minutes now till we go to commercial break, but for the break is whether, you know, whether we should be giving up with how, you know, whether this impacts at all you know, the attachments that we have to things, because uh, the attachments to uh, to certain things like your like your football team or the the music that you like or the political party you support or the religious group that you belong to, um, that can have an impact on life and meanings, can't it? Um, yes. Well, that that's all thought created. Mm. <laughs> it's all thought created. What I think about my uh, team or uh, my politics or a government is is strongly thought created. It's not real. It's just created by the thought to create the the reality that we live within. And, and actually, just to to give you a quote, I don't know if you remember this Einstein quote. Um, Einstein said that reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. Mm. And, and we're creating this reality that Leicester City are wonderful or the government's bad or this is good and so on. And it's it's simply an illusion that we're creating for ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that, apart from Leicester City, because they are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> we'll join you in just a couple of minutes again. Um, we'll be after the break and we'll start to look at so, you know, what we can do with this information. So do join us again in just a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching 
facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper Hi, this is Chris Cooper with Martin Palethorpe. Uh, we're talking about uh, about mind out of the way and accessing your full potential. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about you know our attachment to things, and and uh, you know I agree with you, Martin, that you know being attached to certain things uh, you know is an illusion. Um, is is it uh, is it right or wrong to be attached to things, um, or does it actually matter? Because actually, if they give you a good feeling. Um, just interested in your perception of that before we move on to understand the the the, you know, the benefit to you and applications in business. It's it's not right or wrong. That that's um, that's a meaning, isn't it? That's meaning in itself. <laughs> that that's that's thinking, right? Yeah. To say something's right or wrong or good or bad is just thought. Um, it's just to notice that that's what you're doing. Okay. And to notice the thinking that you've got that's having you be attached and, and to notice the feeling that that's creating for you. Got you. Got you. I had, I had two very smiley people at the door who looked to be completely in their flow uh, today. I didn't have the time to talk to them because I was in a conference at the time, but they were from, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, what they, what they do and what they believe in clearly was, was just putting them in some sort of a, a flow. Um, and I had the same thing, I think, when I went to see the, sort of the Mormons at the Tabernacle in, in the United States. Um, but, but actually, it's, it's being aware of that, isn't it? And, and I suppose, you know, choosing, choosing the right things for you. Yes. So they could be in flow in how they were working and operating with you. But what's interesting to notice is that might be a classic example for people to realize that they are... They, they have a, a huge amount of thinking about what, what, they're, what they're doing mm. and what people have thinking about what's right and wrong and, and a religion is another example of that, you know, um, is, it's a huge amount of thinking about uh, that people then live within as a, as a strong belief um, that dictates how they then live their life. Mm. Mm. I think we've, we obviously have a lot of, an example at the moment that's very topical about uh, you know brainwashing with uh, with various sort of terrorist activities and things that are going on around the world. Um, I, I think you know a message for people perhaps is actually just as being aware if some of that starts to go on, um, and where you want the you know want the control to sit in terms of your own thoughts. Perhaps. Yes. Yes. And when so brainwashing is is an example of just thought that's dominating a, a reality and creating a reality that we then live within um, and what we're looking at is the more that we realize what thought is doing and and the walls that that of reality that that's building for us 
the less we can actually tune into our deeper human wisdom of what would be right to do or what would be human to do. That makes it makes a lot of sense. That it's, uh, it's not, to that to that wisdom. It's almost like there's a quite a narrow tube and it can get blocked. In, in my, you know, my sort of perspective, and you know, things can can block that true potential and that genius coming out uh, if you allow it to. Yes. Can, can I just say a little bit about that? So yeah, what, what, sure. what we're really pointing to is that inside each of us, we have incredible power, wisdom, resilience, intuition, ideas, confidence, self-expression. It's all inside us. And um, the thought often gets in the way of us being this powerful person that we can be and sometimes are. And um, a lot of this work is about helping people realize this. And so the quiet, the, the thought quietens down and people are able to access more of what's naturally inside them. And, and the opposite seems to be happening in our world generally which is we're looking to the outside for the answers what do other people think i should do uh what does the news say i should do what does obama say i should do um you know uh, voting for the eu in or out as an example or um and so on and so on we're, we're often looking outside to say will this be acceptable or what does he think and so on whereas what i'm pointing to is actually the wisdom in, is inside you. I think that's really, really helpful. That uh, to uh, because we're quite easily, quite easily, people uh, sort of join other people's agendas, and as you say, they they, they buy more stuff um, that will make them happy, or they you know, acquire more things, or they earn more money, or they. Um, but interestingly, if you travel to some parts of the world and you see people that actually don't have a lot. Uh, sometimes they're more happy, they've got greater wisdom, and maybe actually the, that not having all of that stuff or access to it perhaps gives them more chance to tap into their own potential maybe? Chris, you, this is a great question. And so the other thing that I'm pointing to from this work is that the feeling doesn't come from something outside of you. So the weather doesn't make you happy, Having lots of money doesn't make you happy. We know that from all the statistics. Um, we live in a misunderstanding in this world that something outside of us, like success or money or praise or the weather, makes us happy or feel happy. But the only thing that creates the feelings that we have in any moment is our thinking in that moment. So... It's nothing to do with the outside world. It's to do with how much we understand about what our thinking is doing that creates the feeling that we exist within. Mm. As we come into this world on our own, we leave, we leave the world on our own. Um, so actually, that ability to, to be with ourselves and to access ourselves um, is uh, an important journey, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, and to really discover who we are uh, and release our potential from who we are 
Uh, there's a great quote, Chris, that uh, actually Sidney Banks uh, came out with um, because he, he was pointing to the fact it's all inside. This is an inside work, uh, work not, not an outside, things coming from the outside. And his quote was, um, no one the, on the outside can help us. No one on the outside can hurt us because there is no outside. Yes. And... Um, Actually, the latest neuroscience uh, backs all of this up is that actually what all that's going on is we're creating our world from inside, from the thought inside of us. Mm. Mm. Uh, and some of this maybe is, you know, what you're doing is about just allowing us to be, perhaps. Yes. What have you found have been the benefits to, to you of applying this information? What what's, what's, do you think? Um. Huge peace of mind, um, way less getting caught up in my thinking, which means I'm way more at peace, uh, way more clear with my thinking and have more access to more power in any moment. And has that, you know, has that, has that, you know, that being, having more power in the moment and those sorts of things, how does that does that make you feel better? Um, has has it has it achieved more on the outside? Um, I I think I think the primary thing it does is have me be uh, feel better and clearer and um, more alive in every day and in every moment. Um, it has some impact on what I do and what I achieve. Um, and over the next 10 years, it, it will have way more impact. But the most important thing is, is me on the inside, and, and, and it's a dramatic impact inside. And what do you think are the applications of this you know, for businesses? You know, we both work with businesses and teams and individuals and the like. What, what do you think is the, are the biggest applications for it? Well, we, we do some really great work in businesses because when, when you get a, a team or a, a whole group of people operating with a quiet mind, what you're able to do is to solve business problems, innovate, come up with fresh thinking. I mean, the whole world is, is moving so fast in the business world. People are looking for new ideas. They're looking to get ahead. They're looking for paradigm shifts in, in how the company works. Uh, they're looking to shift how their people think and how they adopt with change. Well, the only way this is really possible in a transformational way is by, um, is by accessing a quiet mind. And, and really, that's what, what we're about. I, I think that's, it is very significant. I mean, as you say, a lot of businesses, people are very busy. They've uh, got mountains of things to do. Uh, and they're kind of working within their, their habitual patterns and habitual ways of thinking. But actually, you know, those people who've most impressed me in business are those people who, who do have a quiet mind and are able to, you know, approach things in a in a in a kind of you know in a th thought through systematic way, but in a in an impartial way, really. Yes. And so, uh, you, you notice them quick when you see them. You you they, you know they stand out. Yes. Right. Now, can you imagine if you get a group of people? I was working with a with a company last month where we had 20 people that we got into this quiet space 
And uh, we had them working on a business problem that was costing them millions. Um, and, And when you get 20 people all involved and invested in a business problem, what you normally get in a business environment is people worried about saying something, you get some defensiveness, some silent mentality, and, and so on and so on. If you strip all of that away, uh, you're able to have a team truly work on something and, and come up with fresh thinking and breakthroughs to their problem like they don't normally get to. Brilliant. And I know you run retreats, don't you? It's got a couple of minutes to we need to wrap up now. Um, is, is, was that one of your retreats or was that something you were doing in a business? That, that was something we were doing in a business. No, we, we, we run public open retreats on this work um, for three days to take people out to help them uh, understand uh, this, what, what we're talking about here about the mind, to help them then apply it to whatever they want in their own life and their own leadership. Excellent. Well, very, very worthy very worthy work, uh, valuable work. Um, what final messages do you have that you'd like to leave us with? I think there's two. I, I think um, I would like to leave people to reflect on and notice thought and what their thought is doing to them and to remember the nature of thought and some of the aspects that I've talked about today in terms of Actually, it's not real, it's not true, and that it passes and changes. So notice thinking and what it's doing to you. And the second thing that I would uh, leave people with is to remember to look inside them, to realize the power, the wisdom, the ideas, the resilience they've got as a natural part of the human system design. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful. I think... Yeah, I think there's some real deep value in this, Martin, and, and for people listening to the show, uh, those uh, those messages there that, uh, that Martin has shared with us, you know, just just be careful to uh, to make sure you have quiet and you, you take the time to, you know, access, access that well of genius that you have within you and, and be careful what you, you know, attach yourself to out there to make sure that it is positive, it is constructive, it is worthy um, because I think some of the problems in the world today are um, people you know, allowing themselves to be sucked into other people's thoughts and views and, uh, and opinions, which may not um, you know, lead you to where you want to be, which I hope is a, is a worthy life, really. Um, so, Martin, thank you so much for being on today and sharing the, the 200th um, edition of the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's been a pleasure to have you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you, Chris. I, I really have enjoyed it, and um, I uh, congratulate you for having having led so many of these wonderful interviews. Thank you, thank you very much. And um, on next week's show, we have. So, if you want to act, um, get hold of uh, Martin, do go to www.thepragmagroup.com. That's the p r a g m a group.com, and uh, find out about his retreats and events if you're interested in that. Um, um, very transformational and very valuable. Um, on next week's show, we have Peter Brandl. Uh, Peter is uh, he's German. He's based in Berlin. He's a commercial pilot as well as a businessman. He's going to talk to us about crash communication, why pilots uh, fail and managers make mistakes. And believe me, um, when I read his, uh, his book around this, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Lots of really, really interesting nuggets that I'm sure will bring a great value to you. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again, Carsten, for your, your fabulous quotes. I hope this is another one, I believe, which um, 
could make um, form part of an advanced degree program. I really appreciate those comments. And do keep comments flowing through. And I wish you all a tremendous week. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.